Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Finding Hope podcast number 39. We are honored to have Justin Hahn as our guest on this episode of Finding Hope. And having said that, I'll turn it over to Matt Voterstrauss to ask the first question. All right. Well, Justin, thank you for um, being part of Finding Hope. Um, so we started this podcast actually um, just over a year ago now. Um, and we did this as a way to um, start gathering people's experience, strength, and hope so that we can promote that out to the community and just build more awareness. And I've had the privilege of knowing you in different settings for um, a few years now, at least. Um, and so really, what kind of drew you into the work that you're doing currently with Rogue Retreat? Yeah. I apologize, but that just cut out. Somebody tried calling in. It's okay. But, uh, yeah, I've known you for quite a while now, um, through student government, um, through uh, our recoveries, through uh, different aspects of school. Um, so. Yeah, and, and what drew you into the work that you're currently doing with Rogue Retreat as a peer support specialist in case management with, um, with the men that we work with here? So when I got clean, um, I didn't have anything to do and I was trying to find my, my way in the community. So in 2012, I originally, uh, my first time ever doing anything, uh, volunteer wise was at set free. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I started building food boxes, helping with the parking lot, um, helping clean up. And, and that's where I, I got my first taste of giving back. And so from that point forward, um, I got into the field of peer support. Um, I primarily worked with child welfare um, cases before I came to Rogue Retreat. Um, but what brought me to Rogue Retreat was um, I was hearing so many great things in the community about um, this organization and, and the growth that it was making. Um, and it was making some clear headway with lots of people. Um, and helping them better their future. And I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And um, can you talk a little bit about what peer support is? So peer support for me is um, someone that has lived experience, um, that has walked a mile in their shoes, that's been there, done that, um, and has the knowledge uh, to give uh, people that, that influential information, um, those positive affirmations, um, guiding them and supporting um, the population that they work with um, in a in a better direction. You know, um, I think peer support is a very utilized tool um, for people early in recovery. Um, they, when they get a peer support, they have somebody that's walked. Uh, walked in that, that same darkness and we get to pull them into the light. So it, it's very fulfilling. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, it sounds a lot like um, kind of the premise of the 12th step where um, you um, keep what you have by giving back or by yeah. giving it away. Yeah. So, how, how has doing peer support impacted your life? Um, I would say that it's impacted my life I wouldn't say it's impacted. It's helped my life grow um, and helped me grow as a person. Um, it, it's taught me um, empathy and, and compassion and, and patience and um, 
and understanding that everybody is different. Everybody's journey is different. Um, I haven't met one individual yet where their path has been the same. Um, everybody faces their own barriers and, um, I think it's given me a whole new outlook on my own life. Um, and, and things to look at. So, well, that's a life impact. Yeah, that definitely is a life impact. That's a good one. Um, do you find that your background as a peer um, kind of um, lends itself to getting people to um, to walk alongside you um, as you kind of guide them? Uh, I mean, it can. I mean, I, I typically don't share my background unless, uh, you know, I have something that um, – I have something similar to them. Um, I try to look for their strengths um, and pull them out of them, no matter how small they are. Sometimes they, they don't even recognize that they have strengths. Um, and so once you find uh, those pieces, um, you can start building off of that. Yeah. Helping them individuals grow even further. Okay. Um, so Justin, um, I know that you are, um, predominantly working through the Kelly shelter and everything, but you're also um, working at Summit House and some of our other um, group housing. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now as um, with Rogue Retreat, um, with the workload that you're carrying? So uh, I work at the Kelly shelter. So I'm a peer support at the Kelly shelter. So what that looks like is uh, I will help people with their their job applications, uh, food stamps, um, social security cards, birth certificates, um, employment. Um, I've gotten, I think six guests, uh, hired, uh, so far, uh, um, at gas stations from across the Valley, um, help them get clothes, um, find mechanics to where they can set up payment plans instead of, um, having to pay the full balance. Um, getting them childcare. Um, so it's, it's, each person is different. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's an umbrella of things I would say that <laughs> we help them with, um, at the shelter. So, okay. But That's awesome. And then I also hear rumors that you're at the summit house too. <laughs> yeah. 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 So at the summit house, um, it, it's going slower. Um, COVID has affected them, uh, them gentlemen on different levels, uh, whether they've lost their employment or, um, their mental health, um, has, uh, gone back, um, because the, all the progress that they made previously, they weren't able to get those services because of those agencies being closed. And most of them are only able to get so much out of the zoom meetings, um, mm -hmm. Their more in-person contact is what what feeds them and helps them uh, to support mm -hmm. their growth. Um, and and some of those services are starting to come back. So um, I would say that COVID didn't pull them down. It just held them back from their growth. So now we're getting back into uh, integrating themselves back into services and stuff like that. Now that some of the doors are starting to open, so. Um, that okay. house is, is moving forward again. All right. So with people struggling with addiction, have you noticed an increase in people um, relapsing due to the isolation of COVID? I have. Um, but I think it's by 
the person's choices that they have relapsed and their non-engagement with their peers or services. Because um, mm -hmm. somebody's always available to talk to um, if they feel that they're going to pick up and, and use, or it's their isolation and their boredom, um, and they feel that they can't call anybody, that their only option is to get loaded, um, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate that um, that occurs. But okay. I, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, we were just actually discussing that this morning that um, there seems the lack of connection that people have seems to be um, lending to a lot of problems that people are having. But I want to um, switch pace for a second because um, you mentioned the Summit House. And so some of our uh -huh. listeners might not be aware of what that is. Um, can you talk a little bit about the partnership that created the Summit House? So the partnership uh, it's an on-track house, um, so it's a partnership between uh, Rogue Retreat, on-track, and the livability team. So the livability team um, supports it financially um, through a grant, and on-track, they've leased it from on-track, and Rogue Retreat guests are able to transition from um, the shelter into there upon them meeting certain requirements, so seven days clean, um, income and stuff like that mm -hmm. um but the men that are in the house right now um are are amazing um i can say they are the cleanest group of guys that i've ever seen in my life um yeah <laughs> <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed like they put me to shame um on cleanliness so uh, that's awesome <laughs> no yeah. that, that that's amazing to hear um and so um, a lot of folks might not be aware that um, when COVID hit, um, there was the shelter in place order. And one of the things that happened in this community was that um, we began to have the homeless sheltering in place on the Greenway more. And um, I, from my, it's my understanding, you and a couple of other staff have been doing some outreach along with the livability team um, in regard to moving the homeless off of the Greenway. Can you talk a little bit about what you were doing with that and, um, and how that was working? Um, so I was, I touched base with some of the livability team and they, uh, stated that there was a, an out, um, an outreach overnight. So I went out on that one and I got to tell you, they are super fast paced. I, I didn't expect <laughs> it to be that fast paced. So my first, uh, interaction with, um, a person on the greenway, I'm, I'm getting in the middle of doing an application and risk assessment and, and they're already like packed up to the next camp. And I'm like, Whoa. And so one of the gentlemen that was, that has had previous experience doing this, he's like, no, he's like, if you do that, you'll be here all night long. Um, you just give them a business card, have them reach out to you and you follow up with them the next day. And it just seemed to go rapid fire throughout the night. Um, with, uh, the parole and probation, uh, the police department and the, the other entities that were out there. It, it was so fast paced. Um, so once I got the niche of it, um, we we're able to talk to people about Rogue Retreat and the services that we offer, as well as the other agencies that were with us. Um, it was Eastern Seals Access um, and the VA. They were able to talk about their services. So what the, the law enforcement would do uh, is they would uh, initially make contact with the campsites and say, hey, we brought these resources. Are any of you veterans or any of you looking for housing? Um, or any of you looking for other things, um, we brought these people out with us. And uh, a high, high majority of the people that we came in contact with were wanting 
housing and uh, wanted support from Rogue Retreat. So it seemed like I was like, uh, they were like, we need to bring more of you out here, you know, because it was like one campsite. So I'm running from one campsite to another back and forth all night long. Um, but only one had followed through the next day, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, and so I was able to get him into the shelter. Um, but he just decided to leave two days later. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But maybe what you did was you planted a seed there. So hopefully um, that will sprout. Yeah. Well, the, the really nice thing that was going on, I seen working with the livability team and the other agencies that they were willing to lift warrants and uh, lift fines and fees if um, they got off the greenway and engaged with services and stuff like that. So they were trying to work with uh, the people that are living on the greenway to support them. So that way they didn't have to go to jail or they didn't have to pay a fine and fee. You know, uh, they were trying to find different avenues to support them. Um, so which, which was phenomenal. You know, I never had that option when I was actively using. So me, how, me either. <laughs> how was it? How, how was it like? How was it like for you to work with the livability team? And in other words, what was the chemistry like? Yeah, I, I for me, like it was, it was really organic. You know, for uh, at first, like the first ten minutes, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was super nervous when when they took me up into the top floor of the police department and their debriefing room, and I, I'm. I'm really nervous, you know, and I'm like, okay, and I'm surrounded by guns and badges, you know, um, so it was, it was definitely a culture shock for me, because I, I was like, this is not my norm, you know, and, but uh, every one of them were very great, you know, um, and they shared some personal things with me, and they got into conversations with me um, about you, things. So you know, man, we, we have to get we have to get somebody from the livability team to come in. Oh, certainly. Place. Certainly we do. Um, no, and, you know, Justin, one of my favorite things about that team um, so far has been um, just the cultural change that seems to be happening. Um, you kind of talked a little bit about that, that you never had that opportunity um, in your addiction. Um, what is it like to kind of see this change in, in mode of law enforcement with the livability team and the work that they're doing? Um, well, I could say I know one of the livability gentlemen personally. We've had a, a, a plethora of run-ins together um, <laughs> in my time when I was actively using, you know, and even when I was actively using, uh, doing my thing, uh, he always treated me respectful, you mm -hmm. know, and um, no matter what I was wanted for, you know, I, and he would cuff me and stuff me and he would still treat me respectfully, you know, and, uh, and that hasn't changed, you know, he's just changed the field part that he's working in, you know, it was, uh, drugs and, and whatnot before. And now it's the homeless piece, mm -hmm. but he, he's one of the most amazing officers I, I've seen, you know, um, above par, you yeah. know, for what he does. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I love all the officers that have been selected for that team. They seem to have the heart for what they're doing. Did it change, your, did it change your perception about how you dealt with the, the police? I, I, I would say that's changed over the last, I don't know, eight years. Because when I was actively using, like, I had this preconceived notion in my head that, that cops were bad. You know, all they do is, you know, lock you up. And take your belongings and ruin your life, you know. And uh, once I straightened out my life, I started realizing that, you know, 
that I was the one that was ruining my life and, you know, doing all this damage. They were trying to save my life. And it took me um, a while to realize that, you know, and I'm forever grateful that I got the opportunity and um, I had some of them involved in, in that process and changing my life for the better. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure they have the, uh, the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, so Justin, um, what are like i know that you are um you're still early in your career um I, I know that you have the heart for the work of helping with people what is your vision for um for the work that you want to do with your life Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember at one point i think i saw you posting about wanting to run for some elected office at one point but i don't know if you were joking or not but <laughs> you know what do you no, want to do so uh, there's an inside joke between <laughs> me and one of the county commissioners uh that I'm going to have his job one day because like, that's my vision is that I want to be um, a county commissioner or a city councilman someday. Okay. Um, but I mean, that's probably a long ways down the road. You know, um, for me, I like to be really active in my community and be a part of different things. Uh, whether it's in the addictions field, uh, supporting the homeless population, um, supporting Greenway cleanup, um, whatever it may be, I love to be a part of that because this is my community um, mm -hmm. and this is where I grew up. And personally, I feel I owe my community a lot because I did a lot of damage to it in my active addiction. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I got a living amend myself. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's that, that essence of paying it forward. Um, and for me, it's giving back um, for what I so freely took in my addiction. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I want to give back and be a part of things. Um, you know, so. No, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, I, I could picture you being a County commissioner one day. Um, I could see it happening <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, and if you need a campaign manager, I know a person that can do that for you too. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I already know. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've already plugged that in. <laughs> <laughs> Having dealt with the commissioners, I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I will. Who was the commissioner? Oh, who's your intent to work with? Yeah, it was Bob Strasser. Oh, I love oh, Bob. Yes, I know him. Yeah. Bob Strasser is amazing. Um, oh, super amazing. Yeah. yeah. And he, he does so much for our community. It, I, I truly look up to that man, you know. Mm -hmm. So. So, Justin, working in human services, whether it's case management, peer support, counseling, you're oftentimes dealing with people when they're um, kind of at their bottom and at their wit's end with things. And that can be um, kind of emotional and traumatic to, to walk through somebody with. You have been in recovery for, for some time now and have um, kind of built your, um, your foundation. What do you do for self-care so that you don't burn out? Because this type of helping field is one that will burn people out if they're not careful. Ooh, yeah, that, that is the biggest piece. If you ain't taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others. You know, um, I, I have a few kids, so it, it's hard for me to do on a, on a real regular basis. But for me, when I know, um, I know myself pretty well. And I'm, when I feel I'm getting over anxious or um, I have too much on my plate, I, I will disconnect and I will find a mountaintop or a trail or, or something and go hike it. And, and reconnect myself um, 
with nature. Nature is my, my cup of tea. Um, whether that's Table Rock, Roxanne, um, mountains in Gold Hill, um, just just climbing and, and just sitting up there for a little bit just to get regrounded and recentered and um, and get reacclimated to myself. Um, and then the whole time I'll I'll think of um, why I do this job. And you know, the the greatest thing about doing this job um, is watching the growth in the individuals that you work with. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it can be challenging. It can be hard to see that growth in people. Um, but even the smallest things matter to uh, the participants and the people that we work with. Um, it could be as simple as somebody getting a bike, somebody getting a job, um, you know, them getting their first place, you know, them getting their kids back, um, them getting their car fixed, um, and, and them being happy about that. Um, and sometimes it, it's pulling that, those, those happy pieces and that those things that they've accomplished out of them and uh, laying that down because they've had people beating them down and breaking them down for so long. Um, it's guys like me and the other staff here that have to, to say, Hey man, look what you've accomplished since you've been here. Or, you know, look at the things that you've overcome since you've been here, you've overcome um, addiction and, and homelessness and, and, uh, you know, you're, you're able to be employable now and, and, uh, helping them find them, them things, you know, um, is amazing. That so. sounds amazing. And, and Justin, I'm going to be having to run out of here soon to go talk to the peer support specialist training class upstairs. But, um, I always like to end these with one last question. Um, if you were to encounter somebody that had lost all hope, what would be your message of that to them to find hope? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't, I don't know. It would have to depend on the situation. But for me, if I ran into somebody that um, has felt that they lost all hope, um, I guess it's just opening that dialect of conversation, you know, and just talking to them. Because most of the time, that's all people want is somebody to talk to them, you know, or listen to them, you know. And sometimes that can be the biggest piece is, you know, I admire that guy because he actually listened to me. He actually cared, you know, or he came up and he talked to me when I was in my, my dire straits and I was on my last breath or um, I felt like I just couldn't live on, you know. Um, for example, we, uh, we recently experienced um, – someone that attempted uh, to take their own life. And um, I searched high and low. I, you know, I, I, I didn't believe this person was deceased. And so I reached high and low and uh, I found that the person was not deceased um, as everybody had assumed. Um, and so I called the person on the phone at the hospital up in Portland and I, I talked to them and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? You know, and I just want to reach out and touch base with you, you know, let you know, I cared. And if you ever wanted to come back to the killer shelter, let us know and, you know, see what we do to support you and help you. And, and, uh, as soon as, uh, he got back to town, he called, you know, and, you know, I was like, I appreciate that, you know, and I had a deep conversation with him. He was like, you know, I really appreciate you reaching out and calling me, you know, he's like, nobody's really ever done anything like that for me before. And I was like, you know, I got you, man. You know, it, you ever feel like you need somebody to talk to um, to 
just talk, you know, or, or if you need somebody to listen, I'll listen, you know. So and that is amazing. And sometimes all people need to feel is that they're heard and needed and seen. And so that is absolutely amazing. And Justin, yeah. I want to thank you again for um, being our latest victim on the Finding Hope <laughs> podcast. And oh, I like they call it a victim. <laughs> yeah, uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Justin, for making time to be here. We had planned to talk to you earlier in the week, but I've been yeah. facing some technical difficulties that are yet to be resolved. <laughs> and I wanted to also say, you know, the reason I asked you about who the person was. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the commissioner was that I was honored uh, by the Jackson County Board of Commissioners with a community service award, and of course Strausser was one of the people that were signees on the award. So, oh yeah, and so and and the, and the plank is here sometimes. So if you want to come to Matt's office. Have a reason for that, then you can see it right here. All right. Awesome. Anyway, thank you. And this concludes episode number 39 of the Finding Hope podcast. And have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Stan. You're welcome. You guys have a great day. You too.